were maybe, you know, at a store and you could hear a voice in the other aisle or in some kind of building type place, but you couldn't see who was speaking, but you recognized it as your, your spouse or maybe one of your kids or maybe somebody else that you know. How is it that you could recognize their voice? Well, the answer is, is because through experience, you have a relationship. And the more you develop that relationship with God, the more you begin to realize, oh, that's what, that's what God sounds like. That's the nature. That's the character. That's the cadence. That, that sounds like something God would say. You ever, you ever been in that? I've had a lot of conversations with a, a lot of young Christians where they come to me and they're like, I just don't know what God's saying, and I don't know this, and I don't know that. And then after a while, they start telling you, well, I, I think I'm supposed to do this, and I, I think God might have told me to do that, but I don't know. And I'm sitting there like, everything you're saying is, sounds like his voice to me. I know his voice, and I've been in your situation. And because I can recognize the voice, I, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like something God would say. And I've also had other times where people say, I believe the Lord said this. I'm like, no. No, that wasn't God. That's, that's, that's not in the Bible. Um, and we'll talk more about that as we move along. But the big idea I want you to see today is that, you know, the idea work smarter and not harder. Well, when it comes to hearing God's voice, it, it's really easy. It can be, it doesn't have to be hard. And it can make our lives a lot easier. So I want to I turn to a passage of scripture, Psalm 29. And... Uh, I'm going to be reading mostly out of the New King James today. But Psalm 29, and we'll, we'll read a decent amount of verses here. But uh, this psalm that was written by King David, you know, many believe he wrote it during a storm. Probably, probably. But there's a lot of storm uh, imagery as we talk about the voice of God. So verse 3, Psalm 29. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Now as we continue to read into this, what I want you to see, what David, I believe, is trying to communicate, is God's voice is like thunder. God's voice is like thunder. So, in fact, the word voice here is written seven times. And the word voice could be translated thunder. So, he's saying God's voice is above the storm. You may be in a storm. You might be experiencing all kinds of dynamics. But I want you to know something. God's voice is powerful, and God is above it. So as, as we read this, I want you to see this. Verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. Verse 7, now this is interesting. This is more just fun trivia for you. Now, this psalm is read in the synagogue on the day of Pentecost. So somehow the Jewish mind, they connect this psalm with Pentecost. And for those of you that know, Pentecost was an Old Testament festival that pointed to what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2, where there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind and I know it sounds weird, but there were flames of fire above the heads of these Christians. So a sound, which in the context of this passage, I believe the sound is his voice. His voice, in verse 7, divides the flames of fire. How fascinating. God's voice Divides the flames of fire. Verse 8, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. I find that interesting that, you know, when you're around women that are ready to have a baby and they just want it to come out. And sometimes in the spirit, you know, like in our, metaphorically speaking, we can feel like we're pregnant with something. And won't this ever come out? 
won't the promise ever come true? But the voice of the Lord causes, so to speak, the baby to come out. The voice strips the forest bare, and in his temple, everyone says glory. Verse 10, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits his king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So God's voice is over every, every stressful thing. When God's voice speaks, it brings peace. And there comes this sense of God's in control. God's in charge. Everything's going to be okay. Why? Because in every storm, in every flood, he's right there, riding, so to speak, above the storm. And so, and so when we see this here, we can see some of the, the nature of what God's voice sounds like. Because God's voice is different than other voices. So we can see here a few things. God's voice is above the storm, which means God's not anxious. God's not worried. If you hear a voice in your head and it's worried, it's not God's voice. If you hear a voice and it's not full of hope, it's not God's voice. When you hear the voice of hope, when you hear the voice of power, and when you hear the voice of peace, you can know that's what it sounds like. That is, that is some of the key ingredients for us to recognize God's voice. So now I want to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I want to read out of the New Living Translation because I think it's just a little bit, a little bit easier to track because it's a little bit more of a story form. Now this is the story that maybe you've heard about uh, the prophet Samuel. But this is before Samuel's really a prophet. This is when he's just a kid. He's just a kid. He's serving in the temple. And he's, it's, it's nighttime. Everybody's going to bed. And Samuel hears a voice. And I want to I read through a decent amount of scriptures here. We'll pick it up in verse 1. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli was the person who was the priest. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle. Now the tabernacle is where the presence of God was at that time. So he was sleeping near where God was, near the ark of God. God. God was upon the ark. Suddenly, the Lord called out Samuel. Notice the Lord just only spoke his name. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. Sounds like a disobedient kid. So he did. <clears throat> then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord begins to give him a prophetic word. What I want you to see here, a few things. Number one, God likes to speak. Every person here hears God's voice. Every one of you. God talks to us daily. He talks to us all the time. He talks in our sleep. He talks through scripture. He talks through our family. He talks through our circumstances. 
He talks through impressions. He talks through emotions. He talks through thoughts. He talks through ideas. He talks by knowing, by just, I, I don't know why I should do, take this job, but I know I should. He talks through peace. He talks by us feeling his presence. That's his voice. God speaks in so many ways because what he really wants is a relationship. He does not want this to be robotic. And not on, on top of that, God speaks to all of us differently. That's why it can be difficult sometimes to teach other people to hear the voice of God because I may hear God a certain way, but you may hear God in a different way. And so going through our lives, it's a relational thing to begin to realize, how does God speak to me? And you begin to pay attention to the voice because a lot of times when God speaks, we think it's Eli. That wasn't God's voice. That was my parents. That wasn't God's voice. That was my wife's or my husband's. God speaks, and we hear so many voices. But like Samuel, how do you know that the voice you're hearing is Eli's or is it God's? And so I want to take a little bit of time to kind of, kind of look at this. this. How, how, can, how can we tell the difference between my own thoughts in God's voice. And quite honestly, it, it can be kind of difficult as a New Testament Christian because you see in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not live inside of people. The Holy Spirit didn't, did not dwell inside of people. And in fact, he didn't really come upon people all that much either. But whenever he came upon somebody, it was an event. It was different. When the, in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit, you know, you know Saul, Saul was a crazy person. He was uh, kind of fell off the rails in his walk with God and was literally trying to murder people. In fact, he did murder people. But it says that when, when he came up, he was trying to chase David down, trying to, to kill David, and he shows up onto the scene. And he sees David, and he's with these, these prophets that are with Samuel, and he's ready to kill David. And it says that as he started walking up to them, he started prophesying. Why? Because when he came into the presence, what was not inside of him or upon him, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And it was an event. And one minute he's trying to kill somebody, the next minute he's prophesying, and the Lord says this, and the Lord says that. And under the inspiration, he starts tearing off his clothes. No one knows why, but that's what they did back then. <laughs> that's Old Testament prophecy. We don't believe in that anymore. So, <laughs> keep your clothes on. We don't, we're not that kind of church. <laughs> we believe in New Testament prophecy. So, so when you, when, you see, when you see anybody operate under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, it was easy. They had an unclean heart, and then God came upon them, and they became a rock star. And then they would lift, and they would go back to their plain Jane self again. But part of the dilemma, it's not really a dilemma, but it can be a little bit, is that when you become what the Bible calls born again, and you say, Lord Jesus Come and be Lord. Come and be in charge of my life. Come and be my master. I believe in you. Then the Holy Spirit, that same Spirit, comes and lives inside of us. So now you have a brand new heart, and that new heart has good and right desires, and now it gets hard to tell. Is that good desire coming from me, or is it coming from God? I don't know, because I have a good heart now. I have thoughts in my mind, and sometimes I'm not sure, is that a good thought, or is that a God thought, or, you know, and, and, that's, and, and so we, we try to navigate those, those things. And so because of that, it's, we have to, to learn how to discern, how to judge the voice of God. So Eli taught Samuel in this moment, this is what God's voice sounds like. And Samuel, for the rest of his life, the Bible says that he spoke for God because he had this connection with God. 
And so today, I want to take some time, like, as I was preparing, I feel like the Lord wanted me to talk to you guys about hearing his voice. And what I'm about, what I'm going to be saying today is, is I, I feel, it feels so inadequate, so, so uh, not exhaustive, but I, I'm going to share a couple of things I feel like the Lord wanted to highlight to me. And so, uh, before, I, uh, before I moved on to the next scripture verse, I just want to kind of say up front that I, I know that hearing God's voice can be a very frustrating thing for a lot of people. And I can relate with that. For me, um, I've had a lot of frustration with hearing God's voice. I, I wish I heard God better than I do. And I, I've had moments in my life where I just felt like I was in the zone, where it was like I was another person. And I could hear God, and I could speak for God, and I nailed it. But I've also had a lot of moments where I, I in, the, in the day in, day out kind of thing, where it's Monday morning, and I'm discouraged like anybody else can be discouraged. I'm uh, questioning, you know, I'm just believing God based off of my history, not because I feel like it. I'm kind of in, in a pit. And there are times where I, I have been afraid to hear God's voice because I don't want to be deceived. There have been times where, where I have just, uh, like, there are certain categories. You know, you, you can kind of have faith for God to speak to you in certain, in certain categories of your life, but you're afraid or you don't believe that God will speak in those other areas or you don't trust yourself. You know, I know that for a lot of people, they're like, God, I really want to know, is this the person I should marry or not? And that can, you know, there can be so much anxiety um, in those kinds of, of situations. God, should I marry this person? God, should I take this job? God, should I move across the country? You know, those, those kinds of things can add a lot of stress to us. And, and I'll give you a little secret. Stress actually makes it harder to hear the voice of God. Stress really will. If you're anxious, um, don't, I, mean, I, I don't want to say don't count on hearing, but God speaks, but it will make the, the, the process a whole lot more difficult. You know, what I found is when I have faith, the Bible says prophesy, which prophecy is, is saying what you hear from God. It says prophesy according to your faith. And so the way we hear is directly proportional to our faith level. Now, I say that not to discourage you because the reality is, is it's not about your ability to hear. It's about God's ability to speak. I'm telling you this from my own experience because I've been very frustrated because I either am anxious or I am fearful or I don't have faith. But when it all comes, when it, when it all comes full circle, the reality is, is whether I know, I can, whether I believe God can speak or not, in a way is irrelevant, in a way. Because the reality is, is no matter where I'm at, no matter what's going on, God wants to talk to me and God does speak to me. And when I fix my eyes not on my faith, and I fix my eyes on Jesus, that's when I start to find myself building faith. Because faith does not come from me looking at me. Faith comes from looking to him. And as you begin to look at him, and you begin to read the scriptures, and you begin to pray, and you begin to worship, and the more you fix your gaze on him, all of a sudden, you slowly but surely start breaking off fear, and you start breaking off discouragement, and you start breaking off hopelessness, and you start breaking off all the things that are holding you back, and you kind of get to this point where, as you fix your gaze on him, that the things that are blocking, see, it's not his ability to send, it's our ability to receive. But if we fix our gaze on him and we realize it's all about him sending, he is talking to me, he is speaking to me, he will make it clear because he is a good father. He's such a good father that he really cares about who you marry. He really cares about your car and whether you should buy a new one or whether you should get it repaired. Like, God cares about the little things. He cares about your investments. He cares about that solution at work that you keep banging your head against while trying to figure out. God cares. And so I want to I go to John chapter 6 in the New Testament here. And this will be in the, the New King James. And I want to read just one scripture verse. That's found in verse 63. 
John chapter 6, verse 63. So Jesus has been speaking, and his disciples are bewildered. They do not understand what he's talking about, and they're like, this is a hard saying. But then Jesus says in verse 63, it is the Spirit. That is referring to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. And really, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, I mean, when, when Jesus left his disciples, he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm going to send you a helper. And I, I don't know Greek, but the people that do know Greek have said that when Jesus said that I'm going to send you another helper, what he's real in the original language, it conveys this idea. I'm going to send one who is just like me. It's not like Jesus is this way and the Holy Spirit's, you know, I'm closer to Jesus than the Holy Spirit. No, no. It's like, it's like, he's like, he is just like me. To be with him is like being with me. So it is the Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit who gives life. I want you to think about that. The flesh profits nothing. That's our own efforts. That's our own striving. It profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. How can you tell the difference because between your voice and God's voice? When God speaks, it's way different. God's voice, there is a life in it. When Daniel Merrick speaks, it's not that impressive. When I just say what comes into my head and what I think about this and what I think about that, you can tell that there's nothing special about some of the things that I, that I say. But when, when God speaks, it's different. God's voice is over the waters. God's voice splits the cedar. God's voice is different. It is significantly different than all other voices. So when you listen to, for, to those voices of which one is his, know this, that when God speaks, it releases life. God's word is life. When I, the, I remember the first sermon I ever gave, it was very disorganized. I'm sure you could believe it. I was bouncing around and my notes had arrows because I kept changing where I was going in order. I'm a little bit better than I used to be. But don't say yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know, trust me, I've had a lot of people tell me. It was a lot better. Yeah. But I remember the first sermon I ever gave. I, I had a, I, I got with a few guys who were like, like around my age and they were like my peers. And they were like, they were also preaching the weeks leading up. We were going to do this series or something. And, and uh, they're like, so this is what you do. First, you tell them what you're going to tell them. Okay. Then you're going to tell them. I'm like, okay. Then you tell them what you told them. I'm like, okay. And then they, and they had all these rules and all these fancy organizational public speaking things. I was overwhelmed. I felt like garbage after I, after I left our meeting. No, no offense to them. Like they weren't doing anything wrong. And I was just overwhelmed because I had something in my spirit and it was alive. I, I, and, I, and sometimes it's hard to put that into words because God does not speak to our head. God does not speak to our head. Now, it might leak into your head, which is good for you. It's good for all of us. But we're, we're God, we, you know, we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. Our spirit is where God com communes. Our spirit is where the Holy Spirit actually dwells. In the Old Testament, you had uh, the tabernacle or the temple, which is where 
you know, was, was the holy, was, was a, the whole thing was holy. But as you moved in, there was, so that you have the outer court, which is our bodies, which is our flesh. Then you, had, you walked into the holy place, which is our soul. And then you walked into the holy of holies, which is where the Ark of the Covenant was. That's your spirit. So, you and I have all been given a little receiver. You know, just whether, whether it's Wi-Fi or like good old-fashioned antenna or satellite dish. <laughs> Did someone say dial-up? <laughs> we, have, we have a spirit, and that is our, so to speak, our, our sixth sense. It is our ability to hear the voice. So when you go and ask God a question and you listen to your mind, don't be surprised if it's blank up there. Because that's not where he's at. In fact, the Bible says that, that God's wisdom is foolishness to the natural mind. That's why when you hear the voice, sometimes your head pushes back and says, no, that is dumb. Why would you go around Jericho seven days, seven times and shout? That's dumb. But the Spirit is inside. It communes. So a lot of times when we try to hear God's voice, we try to, God, I have a question. Where are you? Speak to me. Where do you think God speaks? Out there? In here. Pay attention to here. Pay attention to here. The Ten Commandments. Moses goes and, you know, chisels out some rocks for God, and God begins to write, Thou shalt not. That's what God does in us. God, the Bible says that, that God's word is written on our hearts. So we're like, God, I need, a, I need to hear you. I need to hear you. And God's like, stop looking out there. I already chiseled it on the rock. I chiseled it on your heart. Read what it says. I dialed it into you. Oh, no, no, that's just me. God's like, no, you don't understand this. I came and lived in you, and now we're together. We're kind of like one. So it's going to be like that. Hearing God's voice is going to sound sometimes just like you. God's word brings power, and God's word brings life. And I remember that first sermon I preached. I was all over the map, but it was full of life. <laughs> and I really do believe that there was a grace on it, even though I probably could have been more organized. The reality is, is when you hear God's voice, Something in you comes alive. Something in you comes alive, and you know that's his voice. So, um, here relatively recently, I, I want to say it was early this summer, I was uh, driving around town, and I was praying about a situation, and I was just asking God, like, God, I just need you to speak clearly to me. I just, I was, I was, I wasn't full of faith. I was full of just stuckness, you know, just, God, I need you to talk to me. I need to hear you. What do I do? And, and I'm like, just, just as, as if it was all on God's end and not on my, God talk clearly, not in parables. Because God will talk in parables. That's, that's another thing, you know, that you're going to, that's the relationship. People have dreams and they're like, what is that all about? And why is there, you know, this anchor and there's this boat and there's this wheel? And, you know, you, you, can, you, you can interpret dreams. And I, I love dream interpretation. But the more I do it, the more I learn about, the more I realize, oh, God's like purposely putting like, um, what's the word? You know, like when you have like a dog and you like kind of give him a, 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 a treat and you just keep, you keep kind of making, kind of get an animal to go where you want it to go. That's kind of like what our dream life can be sometimes. God, sometimes God will speak in parables. Maybe you'll see, you know, a seashell, you know, in your mind. You're like, what does it have to do with anything? And God's like, pray and ask me about it. Pray and ask me about it. I want to have a relationship with you. If I just gave you the answer, you would forget in two days. But maybe if you, like, pray into this, if you pray into this. See, that's the thing. When you pay attention, God gives you more. When you come back to Samuel, all God said to Samuel was his name. It wasn't until Samuel started to pay attention that God said, started telling him more. And that's how it is. Pay attention to what you hear, because to those who have, more will be given. God will give you more 
when you start picking up the treats and you start following the track. So if you have dream after dream and you know that God's in it, you begin to pray into it until you start getting more of a discovery and God begins to bring more. It's kind of like a treasure hunt. And anyways, I'm coming back to my story. I forgot where I was going. I, I was talking to God and I was like, God, can you just talk clearly? And I kid you not, he shot back very clearly. And he says, do I not speak clearly? It was strong. It was strong. It was a rebuke. It was a rebuke. And that's one of the things about God's voice. One of the things about God's voice is he will correct you. He will discipline you. He will, he will, he will make sure you know the truth, and you will feel so loved. I, it's amazing. How, he's the only one that can do it. Like, we go and we try our sandwich method. We try. We try in all our conversation, maybe at work or with our kids or our family, to correct other people because they're, you know, leaving things out and they need to clean up their mess or be responsible or whatever. We, we go and try our best not to offend people, and we take Bible verses, and the Bible says here, stop sinning, and we're like, I can't believe you that I'm offended at you. How could you? You're, you're judging me. Like, you're thinking, you know, you know we, it just doesn't go well. And then God comes and he's like, hey, remember how you lied a couple days ago? We need to deal with that. And you're just like, oh, but you feel so loved. <laughs> it's just so weird how I actually kind of feel good about this butt kicking right now. So there I was getting rebuked where the Lord said to me, do I not speak clearly? And I feel like the Lord said something to the effect of, let me go my nose to see what I did say. Oh yeah, God says, I, I do speak clearly, but you want me to speak loudly. And I felt like he was saying, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you see, we want the, the, all the risk to be taken away. You know, when Jesus calls us out of the boat, out of the water, out of the boat into the water, we're like, God, Send me a sign if you want me to do this. We're like scared out of our mind. And God, you know, whatever the sign is, we're like Gideon. And he does it. We're like, God, give me another sign. <laughs> you know, like how, like we just, we want a sure thing. We want a for sure thing. It's not that he's not speaking clearly, but he's definitely oftentimes not speaking loudly, which is why we do so well to be quiet, to calm ourselves down. And so I want to I wanna kind of talk a little bit more about this process, but I want to go to James chapter 3. And I want to look at one verse, verse 17. James chapter 3, it's near the end of the Bible. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So what I want you to see here is is talking about the wisdom from a heaven. And I, I want to kind of address something, and, I, and then I'm hopefully going to put tie it all together. But if, if you've been around the block before, you've probably done something what, like what I'm going to describe, or you've, you've, you've experienced somebody else like this, where they go, they were in a prayer time or whatever, and they believe they heard God's voice, or you believe you heard God's voice, and you were almost like immovable that you heard God's voice. And how do I say this? Sometimes people think they hear God's voice, but they don't. Okay? So I've had conversations with people where I will be talking to them about a situation. They're asking for my counsel, and I begin to use the Bible and Scripture to explain. Well, according to the Scriptures, and I will literally be quoting Scripture verse to them, and they will be, shoot me, they, I've been shot down, and they have said something like, no, but the Lord told me this. And I'm like, you know, I, I, in all honesty, 
they weren't listening. So I, a lot of times when people s- stop listening, I stop really talking because I've learned that's what God does. So it, God told me, he says, Daniel, if they're not listening to me, to me, as in God, why would they listen to you? And I was like, good point. Okay, I'll, I'll stop yelling. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so, so they were violating Scripture by claiming God told them something that violated it. And first and foremost, God's Word does not violate the Scripture. Let's just camp on that for a moment. If you get a word that, does, that is contradictory to anything found in Scripture in a, in a true interpretation, and correct interpretation, you're off. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're not infallible. God speaks. You hear. But we are not infallible. We are not infallible. It's so important that we learn how to handle this, this, this interesting place. On the one hand, we have to have faith and expectation and confidence that God's going to talk to us. But at the exact same time, we also have to be willing to submit it to being judged. If a person were to come up here on a Sunday morning and say, the Lord told me A, B, and C, that person should if they have a true understanding of New Testament prophecy, they should be willing to let every, every according to the Bible, Paul, Paul says in his letter to the Corinthian church, he says, let two or three speak and let the others pass judgment. What? Now you don't judge the prophet or the person speaking, you judge what they said. It's a very healthy place to be. It's so healthy, it's so necessary in our Christian walk because we're going to grow better at hearing God's voice if we take what God says and we bring it to other people who are godly, who are mature, who have experience with the voice. And we say, hey, I think I heard God. Now, I've literally done this a lot with Rachel and I because I'll write things out and I will say, Rachel, some of this might be God. None of this might be God. All of it might be God. Tell me what you think. And Rachel will will literally read or listen to me read what I heard God say. And Rachel will will highlight. She's like, yeah, there's she she knows the voice. All right, this this doesn't violate scripture. Yes, God told me the same thing. This is confirmation. Yes, there's life on this. When I read it, my spirit leaps. Something inside of me says, yes, that's God. That's, That's how this is supposed to work. In community, isolated prophecy, isolated hearing God's voice is unhealthy and it's dangerous. I've had times where I've talked to people and I said, hey, I don't think you heard God there. And are you saying I don't hear God's voice? I'm like, nope, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you're off. Because there are all kinds, I have been off, we've all been off. If you think you have 100% rate, you're wrong. You're wrong. I mean, there are some people out there that are legit prophets. Legit prophets. They are like the five-star prophets, and even they get them wrong. Do we throw them off a cliff when they get it wrong? Do we follow them blindly when they tell us, you know, certain things about our future? No, we don't follow it. We judge it. Why? Because the Spirit lives in you, and you are the temple, and you and I can judge the Word. So, so I want you to see here, in this verse, the wisdom that is from above is pure, so it's not going to be full of, you know, sin, of course. It's peaceable, it's gentle, and it's willing to yield. So what if I believe God spoke to me and told me what Abundant Life Fellowship needs to do, and I come to Tim's office and I say, Tim, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Abundant Life needs to do this. And, you know, and, let, and let's say it's actually a significant thing that, like, you know, Let's just build a building or do this or do that. And Tim would be all excited, but no. Um, but let's just say, let's just say Tim said, no, I don't think that's God or not at this time. And I say, well, you, you, you need to understand I'm a prophet. And I, I heard from God. And so I'm going to convince you by being really mean that I hear God's voice. Pe- people do this. How, if, if, if we give a word 
And we are convinced it's God, but we want to convince everybody else it's God. What do we do? Not good stuff. And then people run away from hearing God's voice because they don't want to be like you. So, so what happens is, is a lot of times we're not willing to yield. The Bible says if you get a word from God, it should be peaceable and willing to yield. But what if I'm right? Do you think that God's voice is limited? I mean, think this through here for a minute. Do you think yelling, having, you know, elder meetings is going to turn this ship around? Listen, when God speaks, it's a seed. And that seed has everything it needs to happen. We can pray into it. We can, you know, wait on it. We can sow it. But we don't need to force it. And so there's this contending in prayer in the Spirit but the reality is, if I really hear God, and Tim doesn't really think I heard God, God's going to turn t Tim around. I said I was bad saying it like this. <laughs> Tim's a great leader. We've never had this problem. So, <laughs> this is like totally hypothetical. It's never happened. All right. But the thing is, is God knows how to back up his word. You don't need to make it happen. You don't need to force it. Just chill out. Just relax. It's probably not God's timing, and that's why everybody else isn't seeing it yet. But if it's God, he'll figure it out, and they'll figure it out because God knows how to speak. So I want to I kind of come full circle here for a moment, just kind of show you a little bit of the process. So, yeah, I'll just say it like this. So, so I came across a book here a couple years back, by a guy named Mark Verkler. And the book was called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. Um, Mark Verkler is a very studious, logic, Bible kind of guy. And he was a pastor for many years, and he did not know the voice of God. He knew his Bible inside and out, but he was very frustrated because he didn't know how to hear God's voice. And so he went through a long period of time of seeking God and sorting it out and trying to hear God's voice. And now he pretty much travels the world and has been doing this for decades, teaching people all over the world how to hear God's voice out of the, place, the very place he struggled with. So I read this book, and I'd already kind of been doing these kinds of things, but it really did help me, and I'm not going to have time to go into all, the, all, all of how he did it, but I want you to see a little bit of the process. So when I uh, so, so he has four keys, and I'll briefly just mention. The first key is based, so to speak, on Psalm 46, and that is be still and know that I am God. And so there's this idea of stillness. And actually, it's all, I think, out of Habakkuk um, is where he really bases his teaching out of. But the first thing you do when you want to hear God's voice is you become still. You quiet the voices. You quiet all the other distractions and all the other thoughts in your head, and you just calm down and you relax. The second thing is picture, is the way he does it, and it's based off of, like I said, Habakkuk, if you want to read the book for more information. Picture Jesus. Whether you picture Jesus on the throne, whether you picture Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, like in a Bible story, or if you picture Jesus, like right there. And you just, because he is, he is, just so you know, Jesus is right there. You, you may not know this, but according to the Bible, he's with me. So, so he's right there. So, so Jesus is here with us, and it's becoming aware of his presence with us, and that we are here with him. And so we fix our eyes on Jesus in a place of stillness. And then the scriptures say that out of us would come rivers of living water. Rivers, not a river, rivers. Life, running water, water that is alive, is literally flowing out of me. Water is flowing out of you. These rivers of living water are coming from the temple because God's Spirit dwells inside of you. So what do we do? We dial it in. And, we call, and he calls it tune to flow. So I tune to the flow and I get my iPad handy. You can use a paper and pencil or a pen, whatever. And I have this mentality 
God wants to talk to me. So I'm going to assume he's going to. I have rivers right now. I can prophesy in a sense on demand. Because I, it's like a, a, a faucet. There's always water there. That's the way the voice of God is. I just have to dial in. So then, the first thought in my head, I just, I kind of got to get, kind of mentally think, like, Daniel, this is what you're going to do. You're going to write down, I'm like talking to myself, psyching myself up, Daniel, but what if, what if this isn't God? It's okay, we can delete it, and no one will ever see it. Okay. <laughs> what, what if? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spit it out. I'm going to believe. It's kind of like the idea of trying to, you know, guide a car that's parked. You got to get the car going. And so I literally just, I'm like, I'm going to write down whatever comes into my mind, believing that it's God. And I'll explain more. I don't judge it. If you judge it, you'll kill it. Do not judge it. Go with the flow. When you prophesy with your mouth or you prophesy with your hand, you don't try to judge it in the moment. You spit it out. And as you do that, it will just, whatever comes in, come, just go with it. All right? Then, I just start writing, and usually the first couple of sentences is something along the lines like, I love you, and it's like, okay, that's not, you know, heresy. You know, I'm for you, and I just kind of just keep spitting it out until I start tapping into a, a gusher, and all of a sudden, it starts flowing. It starts flowing, and it starts flowing out of my spirit. It, and I have to convert it to English. So it's not like, oh, God, I mean, sometimes God will speak to me in English, but I think that's the leaking thing. But a lot of times, it, I have to interpret it using my own words. That's why when you listen to it, it sounds like my lingo because I'm literally translating out of spirit into English. Is this making sense to you guys? Okay, I'm almost done. So, so I just spit it out, get it done, go with the flow, and sometimes, well, that was epic, and sometimes, eh, I don't know. But when I think there's grace on it, there's life on it, when I think God's in it, and I do not even pretend that 100% of it is of God. Don't even pretend. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing my best to hear God's voice, but God loves me. He wants relationship with me. He wants to speak to me. And so the first thing you do is you do not judge. You spit it out. And the beautiful thing is if it's written down, you can go back and reread it. If it, if it is God, you now have a prophetic word that you can like read to encourage yourself and to bring clarity for your future. And a lot of times when we hear God's voice, we interpret it the way we think it will turn out. And then you go and live your life and you come back to the word and you're like, no, everything God told me happened and everything I thought it meant was wrong. So that's also good too. Then I take, like I told you before, I'll take it to be judged. I will look over it. Is this in the Bible? Is this heresy? Is there anything here that's not okay? Is there life on this? Do I believe this? Rachel, check this out. Other people, check this out. Do you think this sounds like God? Do you think I'm submitting myself and that's a way to stay healthy in community? And so I just want to encourage you guys today. You can hear God's voice. You are just like Samuel. You, you, you may not know exactly when it's him all the time, but you do. You do hear God's voice. And I just, I just want to just leave you with this. I just, I just hope that every person just really experiences and feels the love of God right now. Because that's what this is really all about. When God comes and cares about you, when God comes and he speaks to you, when God wants to have fellowship and relationship with you, that's amazing to me. That's amazing to me that God would want to spend time with me and that he would care about me and my life and the things that matter to me. So if you guys want to stand up, if I could have the prayer team come up here to the front, that'd be awesome. In just a moment, uh, I will pray a prayer of dismissal. And after I'm done praying, you can come right on up and get prayer from anybody that's up here. And I want to give us a few moments for, for people to uh, be, receive ministry and to receive anything they need from God. 
but we are going to be cleaning up here uh, shortly. So after I end the prayer and end the service, um, if you would have a little bit of time to give, that would be awesome. We are not going to start tearing down right away, but after about five-ish minutes, uh, we're going to start kind of putting things away and, and a lot of the sound stuff. And if you could give us like 10 minutes of your time uh, to help move some of that stuff to the shed, that would be great. Um, like I said, that'll be about five-ish minutes after the service. So I will pray a prayer of dismissal, but I just want to encourage you, if you would like prayer, if you would like to give your life to Jesus, you might be here today because a voice in your head told you to be here. And you're saying to yourself, you know what? I should probably go up there and invite that, that voice to come and live inside of me and invite Jesus into your life and what the Bible calls being born again. If you want prayer to hear God's voice, uh, and maybe you have a situation you even need help and come up for prayer. And if you need help for a physical healing or any other kind of issue, please come up for prayer as well. So I'll pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father God, we thank you for, for being with us today. And Lord, I pray for an impartation of grace right now. God, all that you've taught me, all the grace that you've given to me, God, I pray, let there be a great impartation to hear your voice today, to discern your voice. And Lord, I pray that today a fear would leave. That fear. God, we pray that all fear would be removed. I release the peace and the presence of Jesus right here, right now. And I bless your people. I thank you for your people. And I pray, Lord God, that you would, so to speak, in the very near future, take this word and make it a reality for them. May they this week say, oh, I heard God, and it was life to me. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.